episode 146 i really hope that cal just said 146 to me when i asked him what episode it was it was 146 yeah was it indeed 146 i do not have a memory of a goldfish then and i can remember more than five seconds in advance because it was literally five seconds before i pressed record <laughs> that i asked him what what it was to be fair we're past the point now where you can easily lose count yeah but i'm getting up there in age so <laughs> oh god it's Peterson up there in cricket score lately. Not that that matters. No, that was a there was a brilliant tweet. Some some wag tweeted David Cameron and said, "David, can you tell the English cricket board that if three hundred and twenty six was good enough for you to get in, it's good enough for Peterson." <laughs> Is that how much he scored on one day? And then he, he eventually was three hundred and fifty five, not out because the, he was batting with the tail for the last two hundred runs. But they've all got it in for him because he's. Been... He's he's been a bit of a four-letter word. There's no getting around that. Yeah. But if they've if the English cricket board has in, has told him give up your two hundred fifty thousand pound contract and we'll give you a chance, and then they've not given him a chance, then that's scandalous. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> any more non-film news this week? Um, non-film news. Um, Andy Murray winning a Masters series on clay. Yes. Oh, yes. Because we're fortnight's we news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. God. But then Djokovic actually turning up to one and <laughs> business as usual. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. But Nadal's on shaky ground, man. He really is. I mean, I think Djokovic has won to like thirty-seven games in a row or something. Thirty-seven matches in a row. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and then, as you mentioned, election, mm. depression. <laughs> At least for the arts. <laughs> well, well, yeah. There's it was it was a bit of a surprise, but um, not really because Miliband was completely unelectable. Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise that he got the most votes. It's just the SMP. Many... The SMP was the shock. Yeah, but I mean, it's haven't they got some kind of nineteen-year-old kid as an MP now? The SMP. It's, yeah. It's possible. It's yeah, possible. I think they do. Which proves that people will just vote for anyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's more on the party. Mm. But yes. Uh, so we're right wing for another five years. Marvellous. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you keep didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That could have been mm. worse. Yeah. Right. Um, birthdays? Let's do birthdays, yeah. Right. Okay. We have... Uh, well, only two real actors of note: <laughs> Tina Fey and Chow Yun Fat. Now, I thought you meant sexual note for, <laughs> for a second, <laughs> and then you said Chow Yun Fat. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's quite he's quite dashing back in Hanson Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but I don't think uh, Garrett would have had much to yeah, um, no. worry about. No, uh, but the interesting trio uh, that I uncorked uh, behind the camera. Uh, Richard Brooks. Uh, oh, let's talk about Richard Brooks, who directed uh, The Professionals. Mm. Very good film. 
uh, wrote Cat Cat on a Hot Tin Roof mm-hmm. in Cold Blood. Did he, did he win? Did he win for that? I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just picking up his rewards now, so I can answer my own question. Yeah, he won for Elmer Gantry, which I don't think was probably his best writing. I'm not a huge fan of Elmer Gantry. I mean, it's fine, but I think um, she's better than him, and I think he, he's good. But it's very much like the, uh, very much like um, the Apostle. Uh, but I think uh, Duval's better. You mean Simmons? Yeah, I uh, know. I mean, I meant male-wise, but I, mean, I think Simmons better than him. Yeah. Yeah, that's well. yeah. I mean, if you think of all the Burt Lancaster performances, it's not the one that stands out to me. No, but uh, I didn't realise he directed Cat on the Hunting Roof as well. I mean, obviously it's Tennessee Williams, so that's where it's all coming from. But uh, when you consider that uh, it was. I mean, that year was all about the apartment, really. Uh, for the yeah, Oscars. yeah, yeah. And when you've got... St- I've just got who it was up against. It was up against Inherit the Wind, Sons and Lovers, The Sundowners, and Tunes of Glory. I haven't seen the latter. I really want to see Tunes of Glory and Sons and Lovers. They're both British films. Sons and Lovers is beautifully shot. It looks yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Tunes of Glory, I'd never heard of it. It's a Ronald Neen film. Yeah, okay. yeah. Guinness Mills. Okay, Kay Walsh, yes, yes, yes. Interesting. But Sundowners is great. Um, well, it, it, it's... Oh, here we it's, go. <laughs> she's so fun. She's brilliant. Glynis Johns is just so fun. All oh, right. <laughs> oh, you mean, oh, you mean Carl? I think both of them, yeah. No, oh, she's... I, I adore the supporting performances in this film. I think Johns is a complete hoot. Total hoot. Yeah. Um... Also, he directed The Happy Ending, which got Gene Simmons a best Oh, you were, talking about, you were talking about that one, weren't you? In, in the Red Light District not too long ago. Have you seen that one? Was that? I have seen I it, think. but I think it was a while ago. Oh, I remember you mentioning it anyway. Yeah, well, she was she was good in it. I was surprised because I'm not a biggest fan of hers in general. But mm. um, He also did Looking for Mr. Goodbar, which I've not seen, but I've heard quite salacious things mentioned about that one well it's um, Keaton uh, it's the same year as Annie Hall and so she was getting some uh, mention for that as well yeah and Tuesday well got a nomination I think mm. in supporting but Sweet Bird of Youth he directed as well um, mm. obviously he was uh, doing the and um, I like that more than something like the Brothers Karamazov which is pretty uh... <sighs> it's just... is that Lee J. Cobb Yes, He's hamming it up. Well, I saw a clip, and that's what it seemed like. It's it's your Brenner and Maria Shell, who we mentioned the other uh, couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's not great. It's really not great. But decent director, I think. Yes, uh, definitely. Mm. Who else behind the um, camera? Terry's Wygoff. Ghost this... World. Yeah. Ghost World. And he also did uh, Art School Confidential. This is actually before I've even typed his name into IMTV, so I can <laughs> list it. But Ghost World, I absolutely adore. It's great. I, I think that is, is on the short list of um, best comic book films ever. And we need to talk about what the hell happened to Thora Birch, because she was so good. She was. She um. was. I mean, okay, fine, she wasn't... Um, well, the thing is, it's one of these ones that her and Scarlett Johansson are in that film, which one gets the career? It's like we talk about all the time. But but if you look at... I mean, she had American Beauty before that, though. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. So she oh, yeah. was on a real... And she high. was... Oh, and when she, she was a child actress, she was in um, uh, Patriot Games, playing Harrison Ford's daughter. 
Yeah. Um, so, so she's she was like a familiar face as a child actress. Was she uh, like Uncle Buck? I think she Ho- was in Hocus Pocus. Yes, she's great in Hocus Pocus. Um, yeah, and then uh, she was uh, since Ghost World. Basically, she's just not really registered at all. But Terry uh, Svigoff also did Bad Santa, which I've not seen. Hmm. But uh, I've, seen the, I've seen bits. Positive or? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's funnier than you'd think. Actually, it depends. You got you got to buy into it. Yeah, I'm more inclined to go for a film like that, which is a bit more um, curmudgeonly about Christmas than something that's yeah. like cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else have we got? Frank Capra. Oh God, here we go. What do you think? What do you think of Frank Capra, Cal? I think, um, okay, I think there's no getting away from some of the films he made are amazing. Mm. Um, it Happened One Night. It's just a classic. Uh, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. What a great film. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Ask Lace. You can't take it with you. Meet John Doe. Yeah, it's just... Uh... And then, of course, he's, it, it's. I think it's kind of well. It's not sad, but I think it's a bit of a disservice to him that he's only really. Well, the main the main one that he's remembered for in terms of like the general public is it's a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it look it looks to me here as if after the four like when you get to kind of the mid forties after that he didn't really do a do lot. Much. But no. I suppose he was quite old at that point because he did quite a lot of silent films here by the looks of it. Yeah. Platinum well, Blonde's a good one. Well, this is the thing. His, uh, his pre-code stuff is really interesting. The Bitter of General Yen. I mean, it's... it's mm. People would cr- people cry about it because uh, you've got a Western actor uh, playing uh, Oriental. Yeah. Uh, but Stanwyck's really good in it. And um, Platinum Blonde's good. Milk Woman also for Stanwyck again. Very, very good. Platinum and Blonde, he, I just want to mention, is it Robert? I can't remember the name of this guy, but he died the year after. Robert oh, Williams. Really, Robert Williams, yeah, he was really, really good. Yeah. He's the best thing in it. And because people only really remember it for Harlow. Yeah. But uh, no, Robert Williams is really good. Yeah, and sadly he died the year after. Mm. Um, yeah, and then you get later on, I mean, you get stuff like, I will get to this because it's an Oscar nom, which is Pocket Full of Miracles. Right. You know, you, it's, you seem to get more um, stately films, you know, mm. pretty pedestrian films towards the end, mm. which is not unusual for an older director to make those kind of films. Mm. Um, St- have you seen State of the Union? No. That's Hepburn and Tracy, isn't it? They'd have made so many films together. Uh, what was it? Over a dozen, wasn't it? Yeah, I think something like that, I think. The cast is full of um, your stock sporting performers Margaret Hamilton Adolf Menju Lansbury Lewis Stone wow. same and then I assume Capra also wrote a lot as well um, um yeah uh, well actually uh, he didn't write a tr- he, he wrote It's a Wonderful Life but what he tended to do was I think uh, I think it's going to be like Scorsese where um, Scors- uh, Scorsese basically did a rewrite on every single thing he ever did, but he never took the credit for it. 
Right, okay. Gracious. It'd yes, it'd be one of them. A gracious um, author. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. And Capra won three Oscars as well, um, which were four. It will be for It Happened One Night. He definitely won for It Happened One Night because that won the big five. Yeah, three Best Director wins It Happened One Night. Mr. Deeds goes to town. That's surprising for director, but it was the 30s. Well, that was the great Siegfeld, yeah. so... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good call in the director category. Yeah. This is great Siegfeld. It went on forever. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so now, if we get on to um, yep. news, is that was that all for birthdays? Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. Okay, uh, there's some news about the Venice Film Festival, not that Cannes even over yet, but <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron is going to be the president of the jury. It's not a massive surprise. It's not, he's uh, taken a lot of films to the festival. Yeah, um, well Gravity was there when I was there last Yeah, time. yeah, um, so that's a very established mm-hmm. pick. Um, mm-hmm. So, because I, I think he does have a film coming out. Fairly soon, but that he won't be allowed. That won't be allowed, no. will it? I think it'll be like Wong. Uh, when uh, was Wong pres? Was what did Wong have something when he was president? Blueberry, or was he the year before? I'm sure. Didn't he? Is that the one that they gave to Nanny Moretti? I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't know. Oh, Wong. Oh, so what? When Wong? No, I might have this wrong. When Wong uh, was in charge, he gave it to Winter Shakes of Bali. Oh, okay. So that's 2000. That might be 2006. Oh, okay. It's, I think it's six. Right. Um, mm. Yeah. So, and that's interesting because um, Jake Gyllenhaal has a film called Southpaw. He plays a boxer and mm. he's really ripped and everything. And that was <laughs> accepted to the festival, but they decided not to, to put it on um, because he's on the jury. Oh, right. Which seems like so, a fair call, really. Yeah, so it goes out of competition then? Or they just no, they just, or they just kicked it no, out? No, I think it was... Well, I think because it's Weinstein, I think he would have liked it in competition somewhere. So right, it might go so, to Venice or something. Oh, right. Um, but, yeah, Cannes is in full swing. Um, have you seen any reviews? Yeah, uh, lots of love for Carol. Lots, yeah. And also uh, the new Pixar, uh, Wendy I get five stars to its peak Pixar. Wow. Well, it's about time that they got back to peak. Um, oh, it has been... Toy Story 3? Uh, or would you go The Rat? Or Wall-E? I'm not as big, ra- big a fan of Ratatouille as you are. I think Toy mm. Story 3 is awesome. Um, yeah. So, five years at least. Yeah. I, well, mm. yeah. To be fair, what have we had in between? Cars 2 and um, Monsters oh. and Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do need to get back to it. So that's really encouraging. If that, uh, if yeah. The, so the, there are five star films being uh, five star reviews being for, for multiple ones being thrown about. Yeah, I still think you're going to have to um, surmount some dodgy preconceptions about Carol. <laughs> that the Kate casting. Blanchett play, Kate Blanchett playing lesbian. <laughs> Rooney Mara. Mm. <laughs> Oh Rooney Mara may be a Can Best Actress winner if they share really? it. Oh, okay. 
I heard a lot of people saying calling for them to share it, but I don't like that. No, I don't either. If you're the best, you're the best. Yeah, they did it with the hours. I mean, just give it to Street. Did... <laughs> <laughs> that should be the answer to everything. Just give it to Street. <laughs> they... In all things, they did it with Beyond the Hills Women, which was ugh. yeah. And they did it with Volver. That was the ridiculous one. Yeah, because I mean, fair enough. It was a good ensemble, but. Aside from Cruise, that Cruise was so good. Um, I saw uh, very negative reviews for the Gus Van Sant film with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I heard. I think it might have been Wendy just complaining. Lots of booze at the press screening, which is bad. <laughs> um, well, didn't Marie Antoinette get booed? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I think that might have been at the public screening, wasn't it? I think there were those. Uh, there was some report reportage at the time of Gallic booze, and they were like, "Which is complete BS," because all the French it had been released in France before, like five days before, and it got four star reviews across the board. So <laughs> the French press had seen it, and they weren't certainly weren't booing it. Mm, right, and of course, infamously, oh, to- you're going to do it. Were <laughs> <laughs> you going to bring up two or four eggs? Roger Ebert booing 2046. <laughs> yeah, um, not his finest moment. No, no. Nor his review of Roman Polanski's Tess, where he oh, told God. you the plot up until the last five minutes of the film. Because <laughs> that's how you review something, you just tell people the plot. Did um, Henry Togner have any input on Thomas Hardy? <laughs> Or anything. I think you've had plenty of things to say about Nastasia Kinski. <laughs> okay. Right, now we have a first in the history of the podcast. I'm going to start having a meal while Cal tells you what films we're doing this week for Reconception Corner. Well, it's definitely not a first for the podcast because you've been munching on stuff. Yeah, n- not a full meal though. <laughs> Packet of frazzles, maybe. So what is this? What's the meal? I was really really hoping you wouldn't ask that one. Set the ambience. Bear in mind that I'm a single man who lives on his own. Oh, you don't say a microwave cannelloni or something. Worse. (laughs) Uh, I took... Sausage and mash. No, 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 no. I took a, in the oven, Chinese chicken and lemon sauce. Just cooked the chicken defrosted a flute half of a flute so I'm having basically chicken baguettes with chips dear me <laughs> maybe not the right time to say that I knocked up a casserole yesterday <laughs> I'm so glad you said casserole and not um, a slutty woman in order to further my seed <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been a turn up for the books wouldn't it really I'm sure, I'm sure there's a Judd Apatow film in there somewhere. <laughs> well, he's got one coming up called Trainwreck, so... Really? How aptly titled. Um, Alright, so yeah. this week we're doing Pitch Perfect 2, Age of Adeline, Top 5, and Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Um, did you, Preconceptions for Pitch Perfect 2? The trailer looked terrible. It just looked really bad. Um, the first film I thought was okay. I think I thought it was okay. I don't remember hating it. Yeah, I think we g- I think we gave it a decent review. Yeah, it was a three star film. Fine for what it was. 
Um, but the trailer made it look really charmless. Rebel Wilson's shtick looked like it was getting very old. And um, I don't know, it just didn't really have much appeal to me, this one. And I think the first one, I think I gave it a C plus, mm. but I liked it more than the C plus, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a bit like Bridesmaids, where you've got very obvious flaws, but it's a, a good time, mm. you know? Um, one that you'd buy on DVD, but not necessarily recommend to other people. Yeah. Um, And I liked the music in the first one, so I was kind of looking forward to this, and I was expecting to have a good time watching it. Mm. That's the preconception. Oh, and I well, knew well, that Elizabeth Banks was directing it. I only knew that after I decided not to watch it. Ha. Okay. Would the, well, that wouldn't have been a plus or a minus, really, would it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying that? Well, no, I, I was laughing at the fact that I was clearly had a mouthful of chicken baguette then. That's <laughs> I was saying no. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, God. Well, I'll, I'll start with Age of Adeline. Let's hope you finish by the time. Please do. Let me digest. Let me enjoy my meal. <laughs> Can you while we're talking about Blake Lively? I don't know. Is it possible? Um, Age of Adeline. Blake Lively, you know what? I haven't seen her in that much. Um, I thought she was really terrible in Savages. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I wouldn't say that I'd seen her in much. Right. So, but it was certainly not a positive that she was carrying a film. Huh. Um, I didn't know... Anyone, oh, wait, no, I knew that Michael Heisman was in this, who is in a show called Orphan Black. Right. And he plays sort of the very easygoing, um, the easygoing guy who puts up with a lot. Mm. Um, so, But I did like, I do like him in Orphan Black, so that was positive. Um, didn't know who directed this. Yeah. It looked like Benjamin Button, the female yes. Benjamin Button, which is, as I hated Benjamin Button. <laughs> but Eric Roth hasn't written this. <laughs> true that, true that. <laughs> so that's, um, it could be worse. Mm. Um, so yeah, I thought it looked like it was going to be schmaltzy. Yeah. Well, we talked about this a little bit when the trailer kicked in. and um, Kicked in, I wouldn't say kicked in. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it trundled along. <laughs> when I kicked off when we saw the trailer. <laughs> I knew it was directed by um, Lee Toland Krieger. Um, Toland, I, Greg Toland, um, legendary, legendary cinematographer. Right. Where well, I did Citizen Kane. Broke a lot of uh, trailblazing cinematographer. That's Grandpa. Um, I knew he'd done Celeste and Jesse Forever. I thought I was alright. Uh, wouldn't go any f- further than that. Uh, for Blake Lively. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Where do you begin? This is a woman whose acting talents, I just thought, when you're a woman and you can't even pretend to have sex uh, convincingly, which she didn't She didn't do in the town. I mean, oh, the town. Oh, God. She was so bad. bad. She was really bad in the town. Actually. So bad in the town. She couldn't even pretend to get um, to have sex um, convincingly. Isn't that every woman's And he had ben, she had Ben Affleck under her, which yeah. should be enough, frankly. Mm. Mm. Private Lives of Pippa Lee awful but everybody's awful in that apart from Robin, Robin Wright Penn. 
Right, Maria Bello, career worst. Renona Ryder, career worst. I mean, it was... I can't... I couldn't necessarily blame Blake Lively for being bad in that film because some very, very talented people were really horrendous in that film. Um, I'd never seen her in um, whatever TV show she was on. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, Gossip and, Girl or something. Mm. So I had no, I had no things about her before that, but yeah. So with quite lots of people, awful town, awful, and then Savage is terrible. Yeah, she's a really, really poor actress, and it was more just going to see this because the trailer was so full of cheesy lines. And I was expecting something vapid. I was expecting a uh, Benjamin Button wannabe type thing. Yeah, and I was basically we, we were really just going. To review because A, there's nothing else out, and B, just for the laughs. Yeah, trepidatious is not even on the same scale. Mm. This was worrying. Um, top five, you you didn't know anything about this, did you? No. This is, I knew that Chris Rock was directing it. I didn't see Chris Rock's previous effort behind the camera. <laughs> um, I knew Rosario Dawson was in it. I think Rosario, Do- Rosario Dawson could be really, really good in things. I think she's does the utmost she can with uh, Unstoppable mm. um, where she basically had to act by herself yeah. because she was in a you know she didn't even meet Denzel Washington they have one scene together so I think she did really well with that um, and um, she was really good in Rent slightly dodgy in Trance I like her in um, oh 25th Hour Seen that? Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I like it. I like her in that. I think that's the, probably the best thing I've seen her in. She sidewalks New York's good as well. Mm. A burn film. Yeah. So um, I was I went neither here nor there with this really. Um, Mad Max. Hmm. Have you seen the originals? Um, bits of when I was a kid. I didn't like them. I thought they were boring. And, weird yeah so I don't really have specific um, memories of them um, except that I didn't really care for them um, Tom Hardy not a plus by any stretch of the imagination it, I just think it just comes across uh, as thinking that he's the big guy I am and uh, wants to be Marlon Brando not in a good way <laughs> and uh, so massive negative really him being in the lead um, Charlize, mm, I quite like. Um, never really been wowed by her, but um, there are certain things that I do think she's good. In, but I didn't the think burning she's plane. Good burning plane, young adults. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, I didn't think this was going to be one of them. This just looked like a straight down the line action film. Right. Um. Yeah. It's sort of like when I saw Mad Max on the TV listings, whenever it's been on, I thought, oh, really. It's just, it didn't look like my cup of tea, the originals. Mm. So, it just looked very cults, um, mm. dystopian cult stuff, which is not really what I'm into. Mm. I'll be honest, I only saw this because the reviews were so good. Are they? We could talk about it later. <laughs> but <Okay>. yes. <laughs> um, so, I, with Tom Hardy, I would say, is a plus for me. Mm. Uh, it was great in uh, Warrior. And uh, Locke, um, Charlie's would have wouldn't wouldn't have been a plus back in the day, but she seems to be getting better. 
So, um, yeah, this this could have gone either way for me. Yeah. All right, so tell me about Pitch Perfect 2. Okay, Pitch Perfect 2. This takes place a year after the Bellas, the Barden Bellas, as they are known, won the World Championship. And um, they are in their last year of college, believe it or not. <laughs> not. <laughs> it's the uh, the Duff situation. Yeah. Uh, the film opens with them performing a, a really embarrassing routine, which goes wrong, uh, which involves Rebel Wilson exposing herself to the president, mm. and they are subsequently removed from the Acker circuit in <laughs> in order to regain their status. They need to win an inter- Their acceptability. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they need to win an international competition that no American team has ever won. <laughs> the World Cup. The World I Cup, think. yeah. <laughs> I was just putting down the can of red strike. You beat me to it. <laughs> we have to rub yeah. it in their faces because they win everything. Yeah. Um, but to do that, they must defeat, with the help of Haley Steinfeld... Really? Das Sound Machine, which is the t- <laughs> which is the talented German group who are the favourites for the crown. Mm. I've never heard that. Well, that in and of itself is literally unbelievable. <laughs> German musicians would be the favourite for a competition. <laughs> Pop. <laughs> um. Okay. Quick observation about this one. Yeah, what I noticed going along the German um, train of thought, it's mildly xenophobic. So you do have the Germans are represented as pretty much Aryan pricks yeah. with no redeeming personality traits. So they are really tall. They are really white. They are they have no sense of humour. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of a bit disappointing, even though. We can argue how true that is. Um, also, that like the members of the Bellas who are foreign, including Rebel Wilson, are kind of the weirdos of the group. What? Which I know it's in this one there, the kooky ones, and it's kind of it's good that it they include foreign people in it. So they're not all Yanks, but at the same time, they are all kind of a bit odd. Um. But it's just something, I mean, it's not something I'm massively offended by. It's just something I noticed in this one that I didn't notice in the first one. Yeah. Um, And then you've got, when they do get into this international competition, you've got kind of mildly xenophobic jokes, like there's a really distasteful Korean barbecue joke, um, which doesn't go down very well. Mm. Um, But... On a plus point, do you remember me criticising it last time, the first one, because she gives up her dream, basically, Yeah. at the end of the film? Mm-hmm. So she wants to be this big music producer, and she gives it up to um, stay there with them. But yeah. in this one, they reveal that she hasn't. So she's actually interning at her recording studio. Whatever. Hmm. But I, no, but I kind of like that they haven't dropped that. They stayed true to the character mm. in some way there. And even though, I mean, interning at a recording studio is a bit of a cushy gig anyway for anyone. Well, well yeah. 
least of all a wannabe music producer. Ah. So, of course, you get the scene where she offers a creative input. You know, she's like the girl in the corner, the Anne Hathaway and the Devil Wears Prada or whatever. <laughs> so, um, and this all kind of leads to Hayley Steinfeld getting an original song <laughs> Oscar bid. <laughs> <laughs> the song they eventually sing is written by um, Hayley Steinfeld's character. So, but uh, it, that's that's fine. That's all fine. It's really funny. I don't think Rebel Wilson's shtick has gotten old. Right. I think she's hilarious. Ha. Um, it's just, I think, I don't know, It maybe it's just because I've seen her on chat shows before and she's, I also think she's really funny there, so I kind of just like her in general. Right. And I think she can make potentially wooden lines quite um, funny, you know. Her timing can often be quite good. Mm. Um Sorry, just having a long gulp there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's there's this scene where she paddles across a lake to win the man of her dreams and she's there with, you know, she's got a canoe or whatever. And it just all goes calamitously wrong. But it she does it in a way that's not um spoofy. You know, it's it's actually quite funny. Well, but anyway, yeah. it's it's the stuff like in it where they all visit this country retreat to rediscover the sound and bond with each <laughs> other. It's like the bonding technique. It's like Radiohead making OK Computer. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> they, went, they basically hired Jane Seymour's massive house uh, and uh, just locked themselves there for like four months or something. What, and took a lot of drugs? Like a stately home type thing. It's actually the same house that Robbie Williams um, hired and then pretended it was his when he had a cribs. <laughs> What's Jane Seymour doing hiring out a house? Just being hot. Age-appropriate hotness, obviously. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's that's the method they use. It's mm. all very campfire, um, you know, hippiness. So that's fun. Um, the commentators are good value, Elizabeth Banks and her partner in the commentary booth. Yeah, they were the best in the first film, I thought. Yeah, really good. Um, and then there are some great musical set pieces. You know, there's this really big showdown where there's like four groups against each other and there's different categories like country and 90s hip-hop and they all kind of battle each other. Uh, and it's it's really good. You know, it's really musically. Um, it's quite, you know... With the Germans, I actually recognised one of them from the... Um, the woman from the uh, trailer. Um, she was in... Uh... Borgen, the uh, Sid's Barrett Knudsen uh, so she, TV, show, TV is, show. Is she actually German then? No, I think she's Danish. I'd assume she was in Borgen. Mm. Yeah. So is that just a 2D performance slash role? Yeah, it's mm. disappointing, yeah. They're just the villains that yeah. to be beaten. Mm-hmm. It's a bit oh. like, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say it's as good as Bring It On. Right. The really? villains of Bring It On, you know? Which I do, I do like Bring It On. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the scoff. <laughs> no, no, no! I was just remembering. Um, this is a long time ago. Walking man coming into a, a girlfriend's uh, uh, lounge, saying, "Are you watching Bring It On again?" I'm like, "I mean, the sequel, not the first one, for the second time." <laughs> oh God! I, d- I didn't even bother with the sequel, but 
<laughs> this a sequel score, this isn't too bad. Um, so I'm going to... I mean, the thing is, it's a bit like there isn't much of a story. Well, yeah. You know? It's a bit like... I'm gonna, <laughs> it's a bit like Death Proof. <laughs> in that there isn't much of a story, but it's all about the dialogue and the characters. Mm. And the just the general banter. Yeah, the bants. The bants. Um, but the bants is good, so I'm going to give... Perhaps a bit generous, but I'm going to give Pitch Perfect to B-. Stuff. Right, so Age of Adeline, I take it, is me. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> right, it's, it's... I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I never actually uh, prepare these <laughs> plot run <laughs> Right, the age of Adeline uh, is about a woman named Adeline who obviously was born in 1908 because nobody's been called that name after that date. Uh, She is trundling along in her life and then uh, uh, one fateful (laughs) evening she rolls her car, which probably was probably the most expensive thing in the city at the time, uh, into, (laughs) into a lake, as you do. And uh, in the least Back to the Future of Ways, 1.21 gigawatts of electrical bolt from a lightning stops her heart. And based on a <laughs> medical theory that will be, be invent- that will be discovered 20 years from now, <laughs> that was it was something like the Maxi Ray theory or something. It's like the it's like the. Um, it's like, Osgood Schlatter's disease or something like that. <laughs> so, due to this theory, um, uh, she then uh, proceeds to not age a single day for the rest of her life. And uh, due to which, for some reason, she is um, in danger. It's never really explained. <laughs> and it follows her travails of never looking a day over 25, was it? 29. Something like that. It's all about communism. <laughs> That's awesome. That was the danger in the film. Really? She was... Um... Yeah, the FBI wanted her for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we start with the science elements of it? <laughs> can we start with the scientific <laughs> believability of the age battle line? <laughs> Which is book? It's bookended by scientific um, events. <laughs> the second of which is actually worse, I think. But well, see, the thing is, you caught me out here because this is the second film in my life that I've walked out of. Oof! How long? About halfway through. It got to a point where I was counting. How many times my lungs would be used to f- in the in the following hour that would require me finishing the film, and I didn't think it was worth it. <laughs> well, how many heartbeats? When you sat there thinking, how many heartbeats am I going to waste <laughs> on this? Actually, getting older. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh. Well, so I missed Harrison Ford. That's the only mm. Harrison Ford was great. Was he? He looked all right in the trailer, to be fair. Yeah, I w- I mean, there was a bit in the middle where I thought, this has got to get better soon. 
and well, I think I it think did it get better. It was around the time that she got together with um, the bloke who looks like he should be some sort of like Mediterranean underwear model, but he's acting as if he's Toby Maguire. It was a ridiculous, ridiculous choice of the way to act that character. It's like they've got. It's almost as if you've got somebody who's a geeky bloke who's written this and he's written the character as if he's a geeky bloke and then the casting director's come in and said okay fine let's get some muscly chiselled uh, uh, bearded guy and just shove him in there it just doesn't ma- does, does not match up at all I just think they don't want to pay I don't think You're they okay. paid Blake Lively very much and probably didn't pay the guy very much mm. but I, well, what do, what do you think of Blake Lively because I think this is career best. I mean, I don't think she's that great, but I think it's definitely the best I've seen her. I just think... I don't actually... Continue, I walked out on the film. Which I've only ever done once before. I don't want the warmest colour, people. Yeah, I don't want to be harsh, strangely. But I just didn't think there was a single emotion on show that the woman could portray. Actually, that is being harsh. I think she's very... <laughs> I think what she does well... Is she's very refined, and with the character the that makes it believable was... that she's that that she grew up in a different time. Well, it's the the speech patterns and uh, accent. Either either it's either going for authenticity in the way that people used to speak, or it just completely brings attention to itself and inauthenticates it. I don't know which one it is. I'm probably more in the latter camp. Right. I would guess. Oh, this guy's on Game of Thrones, apparently. What Michael Heisman? Yeah, mm, that would mm. that would be the right place for him. Yeah, in a loincloth. A lot of TV he's done. Um, first, I think this is better than Benjamin Button. Basically, mm. because I think with Benjamin Button and Forrest Gump to a certain extent, it's all about the journey and moving the character from one like position A to position B yeah, without true. giving any insight into the character's thoughts and feelings. Right. And I think at least with Adeline, there is a character and there is a dilemma. And I think it does encourage the audience to think how they would deal with the situation, even though the situation is completely ridiculous. Mm. So I do think there's there are plus points to it. But, I mean, it just depends on how interested you are in that character. Mm. Mm. It's... Uh, it's... What do you think about the voiceover? I blanked it from my memory. <laughs> Quite fra- Oh no! Oh yeah, it's the yeah. No, it's bad. It's the, it's yeah. misjudged, definitely. It's uh, it's worse than um, it's because the voiceover is like the worst thing about um, the assassination of Jesse James. But this is it might actually be the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought thinking out loud it might actually be the same guy no it can't be it is the same guy it's the assassination of Jesse James go Shepherd. the same the same voice yes yeah he was I can't believe I picked that that's just that's now that's a good call um, but it's uh, yeah it's it's, it's also very like Adeline was doing this rah, rah, rah. it's very sultry the way that he speaks which is just it's weird it's, it's on. It's like it's. I think I remember a review of it. Um, what did Ken Rudolph say? Something it's saying about the voiceover on downers. <laughs> what on downers? 
Yeah, it's like, it's like someone's just drugged and you're just drooling yeah. your way through it. Yeah. Um, the, I think, I actually think this is all right. Yeah. <laughs> and that shocked well, can me. I say, shocked can I say, me. can I say, can I say why I walked out? Because it, it's probably, probably, it's nothing to do with me thinking this is absolutely hideous or this is beyond appalling or anything like that at all. I just found myself literally cringing for 20 minutes solid. And that's worse than Diana. Oh, okay. It was that kind of level. It, it, it was that. That's why I left because I, you know, when you sort of like, you, where your face tightens and you sort of like look, is that what they're really going for? You know, can you just picture that look that you'd have on your face where your eyes, your, your eyebrows furrow, and your, your so cheeks you... tighten? And you, I had that for twenty. I was hiding behind my coat. And I had that for 20 minutes straight, uh, around the time of the, the, the seductions and all that sort of, well, her getting together with him. The, I mean, the relationship kind of, um, the the way the relationship pans out is slightly insipid. Um, I thought you were going to say slightly reminiscent of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> no, no, he couldn't do that. <laughs> That's the one negative. <laughs> he was too nice. Um he looked. I mean, he was a perfect man, though, wasn't he? He's a good-looking boy. He's a good, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the end is incredibly predictable. Um, they do. Spot. I'm going to spoiler alert for Age of Adeline. Um, they do rectify Adeline's condition. medical condition <laughs> under Hughes Bowman's um, theory of. Uh... Yeah, in a very similar way to how it started. <laughs> right. Um, which is really, really bad. Um, so, but I, I just thought I was more engaged in the relationship than you were. And when Harrison Ford turns up, that, that was the thing in the trailer. It's like I knew a woman who, I knew a woman who used to look like you. We were very close. I'm thinking, I bet you were. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he's the father. Of, oh God, of really? Michael Heisman, which is really contrived, but at the same time, what? I thought you were going to say of her daughter. <laughs> what? I know some, she got married at the beginning, didn't she? Oh right. <laughs> oh God, no, that's terrible. <laughs> that is horrendous. And there's a trivial pursuit scene, which is not to be missed. <laughs> um. I, I don't know. I thought the I thought it had interesting things to say, and it was interesting. Um, if I hadn't to... walked, I would have then <laughs> on on that reveal. <laughs> I'm giving it a C plus. Are you? What are you grading this? Two, because I can't give it one out of ten. You it's can't. a one star film. I can't give it one out of ten if I didn't stay for all of it. But I did see half of it, and it was terrible. Okay. Totes cringe. That's my two word review for this. Right, so top five. Top five. This is uh, Chris Rock's new film, uh, in which he plays Andre, who is a film star, famous for comedies, cool. rather bad comedies. Okay, um, typecast again. Yeah, <laughs> but he's trying his hand at a serious historical film, which he's promoting, mm. um, and his agent has convinced him to meet with the New York Times writer uh, for an informal interview 
which is a kind of career retrospective, etc. And that writer is Rosario Dawson. Um, they meet, they don't really hit it off that well because she's not shy with her questions. But over the course of the day, they learn to like each other. And um, Rock, Chris Rock's character is forced to address where his career may have all gone wrong. Really? Well. Which is not at all um, <laughs> to do with real life. Um, no, it's, no well. I, this is. I think this is supposed to be a catharsis for Chris Rock. It's like. Because he's not exactly seen as highbrow. I know. Well, he, the man did down to earth. <laughs> he made I Think I Love My Wife. Which was oh, yeah. completely panned. Um, his only success has been well, not his only success. God, I'm absolutely ripping it a bit here. Ah. His main success was the Shrek franchise. Yes. And in this film, he's supposed to have done like a franchise called Hammy the Bear. So, which is like a silly Madagascar, con- Madagascar, Madagascar. Yeah. Yeah. So. so he's famous for a kind of kids oriented thing in this one as well so it's mm. definitely semi-autobiographical mm. so all intents and purposes the character is him the character is yeah. also a reformed alcoholic I don't know if that's true Chris Rock I don't know probably maybe I don't know um, so it's all about him rediscovering himself and it's it's worked in that the film has got really good reviews top five has really good reviews oh really yeah it's way better than it. It is good. It's way better than any film he's played a leading role in. I would say mm. that I've seen. I haven't seen Dogma though. He's not a leading Dogma. Okay. Um. So, I mean, it's good. It's good for him, and it is a mirroring of real life situations, which is interesting. But then, when you've got this very definite mirroring of real life, there's almost a sense that he wants it to be a success before it's even been a success. Yeah. Because if this had failed as well, that would be disastrous because the whole film was based on... Him. Him turning Before. himself around. Mm. Um, so you ha- you do have a slightly cocky air of like self-awareness and it is a bit narcissistic in general that he's made a film about himself. Yeah. And about, you know... Um, well, many people have. <laughs> Ingmar Bergman basically did it for bloody time. Have <laughs> you just likened Chris Rock to Ingmar Bergman? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to. What's, what was Ingmar Bergman's film about himself? Well, uh, Wild any, Strawberries. Anyone, anyone where someone's cheating on someone. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Is serial cheat? Yeah, well, what was it? I remember someone, <laughs> someone on a message board once was saying to me about... So it's about Liv Ingrid Harris. <laughs> he banged them all. <laughs> I, thought you, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Shaq Murray Kill. <laughs> no. That was it. You've got to respect Ingmar. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Monogamy was out the window for Ingmar. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No, definitely not. Um, for this is it's like Annie Hall, mm. you know, 
because it's <laughs> it's the, I know look, Woody we dif- Allen we, we differ on Bergman. it no but Woody Allen Bergman <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like any hole in the it's it's pretty much a two hander between yeah. them um it's it's about it's I mean Annie Hall's let's face it Annie Hall is all about Woody Allen's neurosis um and top five is Chris Rock's therapy or working through it as well as opposed to Manhattan which is uh, Woody Allen's justification for wanting to sleep with uh, teenage girls <laughs> oh and strangely enough it's his best like film that? it's his best film <laughs> <laughs> despite the lecherous activity or maybe because of <laughs> alright <laughs> um, so yeah but then you've also got um, it's got the charm of Annie Hall but then it's also got some terrible coincidences that Woody Allen's kind of famous for with his writing mm. so there's this terrible plot device where they end up at a hotel and Rosario Dawson's boyfriend is there with another man clearly having just banged him <laughs> Um, I won't ask how how you could clearly have just done that. This, well, the, the sweat. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't, <laughs> you don't have to. One is wearing the other's shirt. Right. Anyway, um, but it's kind of like, that's just lame. I mean, why can't, if they want to facilitate a romance between Chris Rock and Rosario Dawson, why do they need Did you find that boyfriend homoph- to be gay? Was there homophobia involved in the writing of that? Um, well, there's this whole big montage about Rosario Dawson's um, insertion of fingers in the bedroom. Right. That may have been a telltale sign. Oh, right. Okay. That this might have happened. I didn't find that homophobic. I actually found okay. some of that quite funny. Cool. Um, but I just find it, from a plot perspective, I find it pretty lame that they won't have her cheat on him. Right. Or that, you know... Or they won't have her be single anyway. They have to have her boyfriend be gay. It yeah. just, it's kind of lame. Um, but I do like the general... is, it, is it the implication that that's the only reason any man would break up with Rosario Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> she's, I mean, she's not, she's a good looking woman, isn't she? So. Absolutely. It, yeah. It's just, it's just a let's very just, shallow let's say, way. Of... Let's just say Miss Poots is extraordinarily glad I didn't see the film. Oh, yes, I bet she is. Mm. Uh, I bet she's <laughs> cheering yeah. as we yeah. speak. Yeah, she's looking up from her <laughs> from her Chinese chicken baguette. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thank God! Life's dream. Mm. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty good um, engaging conflict between an artist and a critic. And I do like how their, the relationship between the artist and the critic is not... Um, it's drawn well. It's, it's not, not... It's not like... Uh, bitter. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not uh, Birdman uh, with... Uh, exactly, which was the worst part of Birdman. Lindsay Duncan. Yeah, and it's not... Um, I mean, Chef as as well started off badly, but yeah. redeemed itself at the end with that. Mm. But you no, know, mostly this this seems like a realistic um, dynamic between them. The critic wants Rock to do well, and I think that's right of critics. I think critics get a bad time for being mean spirited when you know most of them aren't. They just want things to be good. He is passionate about things. Yeah, 
And um, it does have stand-up, which I think is Chris Rock's biggest strength is stand-up. Mm. And it has stand-up at the end of him, and it's really funny. And it implies that that's what his, he should be, be getting back to, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's some little cute, lovely little cute romantic touches. There's a really cute Cinderella-esque romantic touch at the end, mm. which is the right side of cheesy. Right. So it's a B for top five. Interesting. Yeah. Right, so Mad Max Fury Road, film of the week. Let's hope you got through this one. Actually, I got a phone call about 20 minutes from the end, (laughs) and I had to leave. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, dear. Yeah. So. Plot? (laughs) Yes. Well, is there one? Basically, there's a load of people on a rig, and people are chasing them. And Tommy Lee Jones is nowhere to be found. <laughs> it is. It is the horseman. It's the horseman. Tommy Lee Jones is nowhere to be found. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is the rover it's, meets it's the, the rover meets, Yeah, I was about to say it, it is. That is it precisely. It's the rover meets the horseman, and uh, uh, it land. It, it, Drops you in the middle of uh, a, a chase, nightmare. a chase sequence, which is kind of like similar to Star Trek Into Darkness's opening sequence, in that it's ridiculously underwhelming, and they just put the, uh, the title card up as if you just go, "Wow!" And then it's sort of you don't really know what's going on, you don't really know why <laughs> the, the history of anything, you don't know what's happening at all, and um, there's a lot of desert. And people yeah, drive stuff. People drive stuff. It's set. It's set at the end of the world, and there's a lot of like. Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's some philosophizing, like who killed the world, mm. whose fault was it? I think the. I, I do like the film, but my biggest problem with it is there isn't enough story or character. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the reason the comparison I do with the rover is that the rover works because of. Or, or works to whatever degree you might think it would work. It works because of Guy Pearce. Because on the page, there is very, very little there. It's completely scant characterization. It re- relies on a powerhouse uh, performance in order to in, uh, paper over the cracks and just inject some life and vitality and, uh, and just a feeling of being arrested into that character which isn't there, it's purely performance-based. In this film, you don't have that. So, you just don't. I mean, I was worried. Um, I do think it gets a lot better after the first 20 or so minutes. It's so frenetic. At the beginning, I mean, there was Tom Hooper-esque. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, well, I I would have said 300 with the the visuals. It's, uh, It's... it's definitely over-directed at the beginning. With all the under-cranking as well, so people are moving uh, much quicker than they possibly could Yeah, the frames. Yeah. 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 That's a, well, Scorsese did that in Gangs of New York, and he was very knowingly ripping off uh, 20s uh, Russian cinema in doing that. So it's, 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 not, you know, it's not as if it can't be done or can't be done well. It just came across to me as quite hackneyed and um, just trying to inject... Uh, that sort of urgency 
I, I get why they're doing it. Uh, maybe from an intellectual standpoint, I just don't think it works. I think it just made it more of a hot mess than it already was. Well, the the thing about the film is it's massively ninety five percent stylization of substance. That's why I think three hundred is the comparison. Yeah, but I think this looks incredible. I think the cinematography is awesome. I haven't I seen it. I would kind of go along with you with the desert, uh, so with the daytime photography. The sand-coloured yeah, photography. Yeah, there's a shot of Charlize uh, where she's uh, on her knees in the desert and it's the, the the sand is just blowing. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay yeah. that is... And he takes it from about two or three different angles. Like, okay, fine, that is quite a shot. But I find the night stuff where it's uh, all lots of blue filters, it's all very... To get go for another Mel Gibson film, it's all very Passion of the Christ. And I remember reading an uh, interview with Christopher Doyle Talking mm. about um, how you photo, he said, if you ever stand outside at night, it's not blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was talking, and he went on to talk about how uh, if you uh, go to Venice, then apparently sometimes if you look in the sky, it's green because it's the algae uh, reflecting from all the uh, yeah uh, water. Uh, but I don't around by me, it's very often purple. It's, so when you, when you when I, whenever I now after after having read that whenever I see that sort of really really stylized blue uh, for for midnight it's I, I, I tend to think hack. But well, doesn't that have to be water else. for it to be blue? I, I probably because there's I, no water, is there? No. It's all... mm. Funny you mentioned Doyle because I um, watched <laughs> Tiro last night again. Wow! Just beautiful. Wow. The um. I've forgotten scene. Maggie Chung was in it as well. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The scene on the lake, uh, where the, the fight on the lake, uh, and on Zhang Zi and the leaves. Yeah. Oh, the visuals are just absolutely phenomenal. And the um, what and, is it with the arrows or something? Or yeah, 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 yeah. And to think that the man, when asked, "What was your greatest technical challenge on shooting Hero?" Finding a bar in the middle of the desert. Yeah. He wouldn't have found one in Mad Max. Um, no. Well, I think some people were drunk when they made it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's mean. <laughs> what do you think about the score? Um, Shutter Island. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that sort of like honking, uh, honking. We mentioned it the other week. Honking, uh, low brass, sort of um, danger uh, over egging. I think the, the the sound mixing was quite inconsistent sometimes I thought it was really really spot on where the music wasn't intrusive on the um, uh, action set pieces and they got the balances just right other times I think it was uh, quite disjointed and some, certain things were far too loud I mean the thing is it, it's all very silly though I mean when you've got like the <laughs> got like someone playing a stupidly massive guitar while they're all chasing someone um there's so definitely a rock element to it. I think that's the whole thing with Tina Turner being cast in one of them. And, mm. um, I think there's some kind of rock cult association with the whole world. I think the world building in it is definitely good. The um, And I admire the vision of the director that completely doesn't care about the audience in terms of like um, the people. I think it's probably best to have seen the other films. Yeah, to be in this sort of mindset of it. Yeah, and to realise what... 
because there must have been more plot in the other films about who these people are and what they want because I don't think you get much of a sense of the villains and what they're aiming for no not at all and what what is with Nicholas Holtz and those <laughs> I mean that what <laughs> what that was that was a shock Nicholas Holt um certainly committed in this well he's committed himself to the gym at least <laughs> yeah I mean that that's what that's the only thing that I found impressive about that <laughs> so, okay, fine. The lad's got himself in shape. And but Rosie I mean, Huntington-Whiteley, randomly. Which one was she? The pregnant one. Oh, oh right, okay. I States. I, I've, heard, I, I've heard of a name. I don't, I don't know. Who she, I, I know she's a model, but I don't really know who she is. I think best performance, it's not a performance piece, but best performance is Charlize for me. It's not, and she, it's not much for her, is it really? No, it's very brooding. Well, there's not much dialogue in the whole thing. I mean, Hardy's got nothing to do. No. Absolutely nothing to do. Um, Have you heard about the story about on set? Hardy no. was not happy with the director. Really? He was shooting his mouth off and Charlie wasn't happy. With Hardy or with, uh, with the director as well? Sorry? Charlie's wasn't happy with Hardy for doing that or wasn't happy with the director as wasn't well? Wasn't happy with Hardy. Mm. But I think it's because, like, George Miller was f- so focused on the action that he didn't spend a lot of time with the actors. He was sort of on his... Like, well, he needed to know his motivation. <laughs> yeah. And then he saw the um, the film and fa- thought he needed to apologise. Right. But this, I mean, this reviews are raves for this. Really? <laughs> Some people mentioned Best Picture. No. I mean, but it's not the genre. It's not going to Yeah, I mean, a that. But with this film, it is literally just they're chasing us. Okay, we've lost them. They're chasing us again. Okay, we've lost them for a bit. They're chasing us again. That's basically the film. Now you can be snippy about that, or you could turn it around and say, "Well, that's pretty much the plot of uh, Master and Commander." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I. It depend. It depends entirely on whether you're enjoying the chasing or not. Quite frankly, but you've got. I mean, in Master Commander, you've got Paul Bettany's lovely performance. Yes, and the the the, the direction of those battle sequences is absolutely it's, phenomenal. It's brilliant. Phenomenal, brilliant. and this the editing. Is I mean, toast- I'd be t- I'd be yeah. tempted to give Weir that win. Even I, I do. Sophia there. I, I I give it over um, Christopher Bow with reconstruction. That breaks my heart. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It's so well choreographed. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a technical marvel, frankly. But yeah, so this is I suppose this, you you could consider this quite similar, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, back to this whole Oscar thing, mm. I th- I can see this getting technical nominations, but when you get, I think it's more on the level of like Silent Hill. Mm. Um, it reminded me of video game adaptations more than anything else. Yeah, maybe three hundred isn't is a fair comparison. Although I hated three hundred, but mm. visually, maybe something like um, uh, the fall. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'd say it's on that level. Because I mean, Tarsum Singh, I mean, it's just all about visuals. <laughs> yeah, but imagine a sixty sixty five year old Academy member. I mean. The film's got no 
characters. No. That's not going to appeal to mainstream audiences. It's just not. No. I mean, but if you look at it, I mean, look, just, just if you don't mind, briefly just talk about Charlize's career and the way that it's gone. Because after she did The Road and The Burning Plane, back, uh, back to back. The Road, I hate. I really didn't like The Road. She did The Burning Plane, so The boring. Road and Young Adults. And since then, she's done Prometheus, Snow White and the Huntsman, A Million Ways to Die in the West, mm. and this. Well, I liked Prometheus. I like Prometheus as well. Uh, but she's gone from... She's gone big budget. Yeah, and I know she didn't have a big... Um, I know she didn't have a big role in the road. But it's obviously she's gone from, from very indie, very uh, character-based stuff to just... Paycheck stuff, really. Well, if we look at what she's got coming up, she's doing this. There's a huntsman. Oh, this now, this I'm not happy about. <laughs> this is the Joe Wright run of the week. <laughs> They've ditched Snow White, and now it's just the huntsman with Chris Hemsworth. Really? That's the sequel. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm sure it's not. It's, uh, the fact that Kristen Stewart had an affair with the director has probably not helped, but. <laughs> Um, Charlize is in The Last Face which is directed by Sean Penn so she's in that this year right is that actually met him? I don't know probably before um, she's doing a animation in The Huntsman mm. Mm. yeah get back to Indies Charlize yeah I'm giving Mad Max Fury Road a low B because I did think it was exhilarating to watch and it was entertaining. I just wish there was more of a story. Um, I'm going to give this... Ooh. I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt and give it uh, three stars um, because I did miss the very end and I did think it wasn't appalling. <laughs> so I can give it five out of ten. Awesome. Okay, so Shag Mario Kill. Right, um, well, of your two, I'd definitely watch um, Top 5. Mm-hmm. So I'd shag that. I would obviously marry Mad Max and kill the Age of Adeline. Good, good. Ooh, I'm on the fence here. Mm. I think. <laughs> I think I would marry Pitch Perfect 2 because it's the best watch. Mm. I would shag Top 5. And I would kill the edge of Adeline. Mm. Position. Right. Well, Pitch Perfect 2, I uh, didn't see. Um, what about. Edge of Adeline. What would the redhead have featured? Usually, they usually do. <laughs> um, Anna Kendrick, would she have featured? Um, she just looks normal. Probably not. Uh, what am I doing? Age of Adeline. Um, Lake Lively. Um, well, <laughs> she's not exactly been born with unfortunate features, has she? But is it a Saldana? It's not. That's good. Uh, that's that's the character. This is more the actress. <laughs> have we got one for that? We must have one. No. Uh, so it's like the opposite of the Bell Boost. Yeah, yeah. The Blake bottoming. <laughs> that's how. Just sounds wrong. 
<laughs> the Blake burst. Okay. Uh, um, and then um, yeah, top five. I mean, the, yeah, there's probably a few in there. Um, the Mad Max Fury Road, Charlie's is a Sado. For the eye makeup. <laughs> More for the shaven head. All oh, right, yeah. Um, Huntington Whiteley, probably yes. Uh, so, um, uh, position is silver second. Good. Um, Garrett Gage. We have there's a guy in. Oh wait, what are we starting with? Pitch Perfect Two. Um, there's a guy in there. Record producer is a yes. Keegan Michael no. Key. And he's actually 44, so that might be the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> Ousting. In gay terms, isn't that like 68? <laughs> <laughs> so it's top Trudevi. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, Age of Adeline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yes and yes again. What about... What about- yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford's back in the day, yes. But... What about young? What about young Harrison Ford in this film then? Oh, I forgot about him. Maybe he's a little bit too clean cut. He did look a bit, yeah, bit young maybe. Mm. Uh, top five: Chris Rock's and Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think there's anyone else involved. Mad Max, Tom Hardy, he's a yes. Ooh, I thought you might. I thought there's Sadu potential in there. What for the mask? Or just for general scuttiness? Mm. <laughs> no. It takes more than that. Um, I don't think there's anyone else of worth, is there? So that is a four point on the gauge. Right. Oh wow. Beaten to a pulp this way. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at moveforpodcast. At Mood for Podcast, Facebook at the Mood for Podcast. You can check out on the website all our grades that we've given to these films, these delightful films this week. Mm-hmm. Um, next week we have Tomorrowland. Ah, what do you think? Mm. Doesn't look wonderful. Disney. Don't mind Disney. Mm. Don't mind Disney. Can I just point out the non-shock of the week? Mad Max Fury Road, shot by John Seal. John Seal? Cold Mountain. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, Cold Mountain, Ripley, English Patients, uh, and others. Some Mingalas. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mosquito Coast. Uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, Back to bad. Peter Weir? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, next week, also the poltergeist involving Rosemary DeWitt and Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I saw you. I saw that and thought of you. <laughs> Why? I thought you, you're you a bigger fan of Rosemary than I am. Well, no, I saw, well, you're a bigger fan of horror than I am. <laughs> oh, that's true. We also have the Francois Ozone film, The New Girlfriend. Oh, is that out? That is out next week. We have Rosamund Pike in another thriller. Wow, Rosamund yeah. I may or may not uh, follow an Instagram account that links me to Rosamund Pike pictures. <laughs> <laughs> this is called Return to Sender. And I think it also stars Nick Nolte mm. and Rumor Willis. Good grief. 
Okay, maybe it doesn't. It's an A team as well. Really? So that might be happening. Yeah, Poltergeist is the only new film out next week at Cineworld. Oh, and Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. That's it. That's so, it. So no return to sender. No, everything else is the same. Okay. Amazingly, we, neither of us got round to a royal night out. No. Well, after your Gerald rant, <laughs> it didn't seem appropriate. No. Um, and, we, I mean, is the tribe near you? Don't think so. Oh, it might be actually. Yeah, it was. I think it might have been this week at one of my, uh, one of my uh, uh, art houses. So we may venture out for that one mm, and um, get our deaf handbooks out. Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you have a jam? Uh, sadly, no. I don't either. But we could listen to um, Haley Steinfeld. Might be able to play us out. Great. <laughs> Haley Steinfeld not she's blossoming. Really? She she after, may, after I disparaged her so horrendously. She may finally get to Douglas Booth's level. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on my own Feeling frightened of the things that I don't know When tomorrow comes, tomorrow comes, tomorrow comes And though the road is long, I look up to the sky And in the dark I found, I stop that I won't fly And I sing along, I sing along, then I sing along i